Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Mark Noon about setting up others for success as a leader. Mark Noon, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, thanks, John. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Florida, the Panhandle area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership and how we can set others up for success through our leadership approach and how we interact with our people. In my mind, that's perhaps one of the most important things a good leader can do is to really support their people, to develop their people, and to help them to find success. The mark of success of a leader is the success of their team and the success of the individuals on their team. So that's what we'll be exploring together today. As we get started, I want to share Mark's bio with everybody. Mark Noon, a professional speaker, executive coach, author, and with more than 29 years of expertise in leadership development, employee engagement, military and civilian leadership, change leadership recognition reward, improving customer and patient experience, uh, and generational leadership, he, he focuses on closing the gaps. He has spoken at the highest levels of military and civilian leadership and does more than 55 events a year with groups from six all the way up to a thousand plus people. Um, again, Mark, a pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to flesh out for us in terms of your professional or personal background or story before we launch on into the conversation? Not much more to that. Uh, you know, that's, that's plenty to get people started. Any more than that's just an overkill. <laughs> well good well you're very accomplished uh you do some really great work and again you know the the different areas of expertise and topics that you tend to focus on in your work uh with other organizations is compelling to me these are all the same types of issues and topics that i find to be very important and essential uh, not just you know because they're interesting to me but as i look at the landscape of the shifting nature of work and i look at what is needed what competencies and capabilities are needed in the modern workforce in the future workforce all of those things that i just read in your bio are the, are those things that we need and ultimately we have to get better at doing them i do think that most leaders are well intentioned i do think that most leaders want to do right by their people and want to help them to to grow Absolutely. Yet, Yet, I think most leaders also don't know how to do it, and they don't have the consistency in their approach to be able to actually accomplish, you know, what their aspirational goal may be. And so my hope is, as we go through this conversation, that we can set out some ideas 
for anyone listening to have a better sense of, you know, really some tangible things we can start doing right now to help right. others to really succeed in the workplace. And again, as I said in the introduction, that's that's what good leadership is, helping others succeed, succeeding through helping others, right? Right, absolutely. You know, the, the, the you've read all those lists of things that I've been involved in over the years, and really it's a lot of those things weren't necessarily things that I set out to, you know, speak about or to learn about or to teach about. It's things that just happen because of the workplace environment and, and what's what's out there, what, what need to be created within those work environments. You know, you think about simple things. Every I think you said this this very pointedly. Every leader really does want to do a good job. They just don't know necessarily how to do that. And so they either learned from somebody else who didn't teach them very well, or they watched other people who didn't do it very well. And they said, I've got to do it different. And it's, it's easy to think that. It's easy to look at what was negative maybe in your own world in leadership and say, I, I'm going to do different than that. But that doesn't, opposite doesn't necessarily make it the right thing either. It's not necessarily because I saw A, B automatically becomes the, the right way. No, it's, there's, a, there's a learned process. And, and understanding what that is is one thing, then how to do that. You know, we, when I can I just add, add to that please. point. So, so sometimes, you know, I like pop culture references and this one's getting a little bit dated, but I think of like the Michael Scott version of leadership from, you know, Michael Scott from the office. And I think of, of Michael Scott as being kind of like the epitome of the Peter principle, you know, people getting promoted to the level of their incompetence, a sweet guy, a well-intended guy doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Um, And, and so, you know, in the early days when I, you know, when I was a new professor teaching say an intro HR course uh, to students, I would show clips from the office as like examples. This is what not to do. (laughs) Don't do this. And and it's funny and it kind of resonates with people and and it kind of gets people going and to have a fun conversation. But you're absolutely right. Just looking at what not to do is not enough because what you're supposed to do or how you can do it more effectively is not necessarily the opposite of of those bad examples of what not to do. And I look at someone like Michael Scott, you know, this this fictional character, this bumbling kind of leader. um, And I think, you know, does he know what he's doing? No. But is he well-intentioned? Yes. Does he genuinely care about his people? Yeah, he does. And so there actually are some attributes that he has that are very positive that I would hope many leaders would adopt. Uh, And so, you know, if we say, here's a bad example, don't do this. I'm like, nobody's perfect. And there's always like good and bad. I think in almost every situation, it's, it's messy and nuanced and there's some good things, some not great things. And so we have to be able to learn how to parse that out and, and take the good, leave the bad, learn how to uh, do things more effectively. And and that's really why this leader development aspect is, is lifelong, you know, just because, you know, I, I spent 20 years in, in the Air Force and, and literally, and this is my example I use and, and kind of back to your reference of, you know, a lot of times we promote people who aren't necessarily the right leader. They're just good at their job. And so we, you know, we come to you, John, we say, Hey, John, you're really good at your job. We need somebody to take over being the manager. Would you like to do that? And you think, well, the natural progression in my job is to move up. So I should be the manager. Yes. Um, I get paid better. Yeah, that sounds good too. But you have no idea what to do. And so Wednesday that happens, I have that conversation with you. I'm your boss. And the next day you take over as the manager. Well, what training did you have to be a manager? Basically a night to think about it, right? I mean, that's it. And, and the same with me. Well, Friday, I'm, a, I'm an enlisted guy in the Air Force. I get a commission. I finished my degree. I get this commission in the Air Force. By next Tuesday, I'm in my next assignment. And I'm now the leader of a, 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 the, org, the, the department that I used to be a member of. And what was my training? A three-day weekend to think about it. 
And not that there isn't elements of leader development that happen along the way, but we're actually promoting people into a place based on criteria that isn't necessarily the right criteria. Just because you've been there the longest or you're the best worker doesn't mean you're going to be the greatest boss. And so that has been now my more than 20 year focus on helping develop people to be able to, this is how I phrase it, to be able to step into a role and not have to step up to it. You know, it's, it's kind of like this. Think about this. You, you work at university, right? You, you got athletics. You got, you know, the famous thing that a coach will tell a player is, hey, John, you really stepped up today in the game, whatever, right? And that's a compliment. And I get that. But what if you had been preparing for weeks and months and years to have the opportunity and you didn't really have to step up to that role? You really just stepped into it. That's where leaders need to be. So when, when you know, you're, you're, you're today, you're, you're working in a department, you're doing a great job. Am I, as the leader of that department, helping you learn everything you need so that two years down the road, when you get to be the manager or you're going to go somewhere else and be a leader, you're ready to step into the role? And again, not that you know everything, but you're so much more prepared to do that. And that's the element of leadership is to influence people to be ready to step in. Yeah, I like the step in idea. And, and the reality is, for us to be successful in a particular job, you know, we need a certain level of expertise in that specific area sure. and we need skills in that specific area. When you move into a leadership role, though, you're no longer, I, I suppose in some cases it is true, you still need that expertise. But in most cases, you're no longer expected to be the expert. You're the leader of experts, right? Mm -hmm. So now you you're delegating, you're leaning on the expertise of everyone on your team. Yeah. Um, and that can be a really hard transition for people. And it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why someone who is really good at one level, once they move up, they, that may mean nothing for how successful they might be at the next level. It's a different set of skills. It's a different set of competencies. Um, and their, their expertise that got them far and serve them well previously may not even apply to the current role that they're in. So we just have to be mindful of that. We and when we think about development of others in, in preparing people for success, we have to think about not only the skills they need today to be successful, we need to think about the skills, the competencies and capabilities they need for tomorrow, for five years from now <laughs> right. to, to be successful. And maybe it's to take my place you know, in a couple of years, when I move on to my next opportunity, I'll, I'll need to build out my bench so that I have someone to, to step in and take right. my place in this role. Or maybe it's just preparing them for the next stage in their career. And it, it's not even with the company or in your department. Maybe they're going to a different part of the organization, or maybe they're leaving the organization and going somewhere else altogether. But when you're focusing on the development of your people, mm -hmm. they feel valued. They right. feel uh, appreciated. They know that you care enough to help them to be the best they can be and that engenders trust engagement uh, helps people to be more uh find more meaning and purpose in their work to, to be more productive people are going to be more innovative like all the positive things that we want in teams and in organizations it it will only happen as we invest in our people and help them to find success if people come to work every day and it's like beating their head against the wall it's a grind and and no matter what they do they're 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 just it's like it seems like it's out of their control. There's nothing they can do to be successful. Right. How long are they going to stay? How much, how long are most people going to stay in that environment? Most right. people, not very long. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. 
stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe. The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. You know, you, you said something interesting about, you know, that, that we develop people, even if we don't think they're going to stay with the company. And, and that I've worked with a lot of small organizations around the country, rural areas. I work in a lot of, I did, I spent a lot of time in healthcare, work with a lot of very small hospitals, a lot of places where, you know, somebody gets promoted to a manager role at, at say 35 years old, they're not going anywhere for the next 20 years or so, right? They're, they're committed to this small town hospital and this is where they want to spend their life. And so everybody that works with them is not going to move into a manager role necessarily unless they wait around for 20 years. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, so people think, well, what am I supposed to do? How do I invest in people? Well, invest in them as if they're going to take your place or they may absolutely go somewhere else. And that's a chance you take by investing in people, but it's still the right thing to do. Why would we not invest in the people around us to make the team even better? Knowing that maybe, okay, they might go to the hospital that's 30 miles away because that has an opening now for a manager in the same department and I'm going to lose them, but you've done everything you can to build them up and that loyalty is going to be there as well. And so their likelihood that they may even stay and not take a job as a manager down the road could happen as well. So all of those kind of things play into that investment. I like to let you use the word value because that's a word that I, I teach and coach a lot. How do you create value in people? What is valuable to them? You know, I have this, I always use this example, I had argument, not argument, a discussion, let's say with a colleague many years ago when I was in the military and, and she loved days off. I mean, if she'd get five days off built up on the books, she was on vacation somewhere. And me, I'd have 70 days on the books because day off just didn't matter to me. So, when, so if you're my boss and you're coming to me and you're coming to her and you say, what do I value? I value, um, uh, say, a, a bonus check. She'd rather have the day off. So, so my bonus check is worth a day's off, but she'd rather have the day off. I'd rather be at work and get the bonus. That's what motivates people. It's what they value. And leaders need to understand that what you value is not necessarily what your people value. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to your point, you know, about people leaving, moving on. And, and, and I talk to a lot of leaders and many will say, well, if I just invest, you know, all this time and energy, they're just going to leave and it's just a complete waste. Right. 
um, I, I get where they're coming from, but I think they're viewing it completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, if, if you don't invest in your people, guess what's going to happen? Uh, they're not going to feel valued and they're going to leave. So you're, you're guaranteeing almost that yeah. they're going to leave if you don't invest in them. If you yeah. do invest in them, it will foster trust and commitment and loyalty. And some will leave. Yes. Yeah. But fewer will leave mm -hmm. <laughs> and more will stay and they'll grow into their capacities and they'll do yeah. their work better, which will be right. better for the organization. So it really, it, it, it's like this weird zero sum game kind of mentality yeah. around people management when, uh, when a leader takes that kind of a, an approach and they mm -hmm. think, well, I'm not going to waste my time with this person because, you know, right. they, they'll probably be gone in a year anyway. So why even bother? Well, sure. if you, if you bother, if you actually show you care and that you're going to help them, mm -hmm. guess what? They, yeah. they probably will stick around. And there's probably a reason if that's your mentality, that's probably a big part of the reason behind why you can't keep people. <laughs> right. <laughs> correct. Correct. Right. You know, I, I, I worked for a company um, for several years, a, a healthcare coaching organization that the CEO actually allowed two people in the organization to leave. And, and, and I say allowed to leave. He didn't have a position for them. And he said, I can't give you the skills that you need to fulfill a higher role. So I would like for you to go somewhere else and work for a couple of years with the guarantee that when you come back, we'll have a position available because the company will have grown at that point. And that's a risk too, because what if they leave and they get these skills and they find this other place and they go, I don't want to go back. But both of them did. Why? Because that leader was willing to invest in them by allowing them to go somewhere else and get what they needed and then brought it back. And those two people became phenomenal parts of the organization. Big risk, but that's what leaders have to do to make sure that people are well taken care of. Yeah. And I reflect back on my own career and I can see, you know, good, bad, and I suppose in different kind of experiences, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I've seen kind of the, the range and I imagine many listening feel the same way. Like mm -hmm. you, you can see you know, there were times in certain roles and certain organizations where you felt valued and invested in right. um, and, and think about how that made you feel and, and the type of work you did, the quality of your work um, and the value you brought to the organization because they valued you and juxtapose that with how you behaved, how you acted, um, the, your productivity levels, your contribution to the organization when you felt like the scales were out of balance and you didn't feel like they were investing you, like they didn't care. Uh, or in fact, they, they were, were actually indifferent to you. They, you know, they wouldn't mind if you left. Um, when, when that happens and that happens to a lot of people, a lot of times, um, you know, it's, it's demoralizing and, and it's, it's really frustrating, especially if it's been an organization you've been committed to for a long time, an organization you've given a lot of yourself to, you've sacrificed for, and then to, to then kind of feel like you're being kicked to the curb a bit, mm -hmm. it, it's, mm -hmm. it's really hard. And I think a lot of people have, have experienced that. And I think that's part of why we find ourselves in this current labor market with a lot of people reevaluating and taking mm -hmm. stock of their careers and their life and deciding, you know what, nah, I'm not, I'm not staying here. I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm right. going to look for something else or, or right. I'm going to do gig work or I'm going to start my own business or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's because our mentality towards our people um, will stick with them. They will remember how we treated them. They will remember how we valued them. And some people will stick around um, because they don't have a better option. But guess what? Right now, yeah. people have better options. Yeah. People have options. And so if you think people are just going to stick around because where else are they going to go? 
uh, you, you, you have a, you know, a hard thing coming to you and you're going to be scrambling. Right. Well, and, and who's going to stick around is the, the people that you really don't want to stick around, right? Your, your lowest or your, your middle performers, your high performers, in fact, statistically 45 to 50% of your high performers are looking for another job because they're not being recognized or not being valued for, for what they do, or they're being dumped on by all the other work that other people aren't doing. So if I'm a mediocre employee, why would I go look for another job? I've got a good income here. You don't make me do a whole lot. You give half my work to John over there because he's a high performer. So why would I look for another job? My high performers over there going, I can't take this anymore. He, he never recognizes me. He never, I get no appreciated for anything. I'm looking for another job. And they take their high performance to another organization. Um, or the other side of that is the high performers just can become demoralized. And then they can discontinue being high performers because they can't, um, they, they just, they just lose motivation. They lose uh, the, the will to kind of move forward. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> that is definitely the case. Uh, well, wonderful. So let's talk about some specific uh, things that we can start to do right now to move the needle and to really uh, start setting our people up for success. It, you know, again, I'm a well-intentioned leader. I have every aspiration that I want to develop the people around me. You know, people listening are saying, yeah, everything you're saying makes sense. I want to, mm -hmm. I want to do that. It's hard though. It's, it's yeah. hard. And where the, you, you're, you're running around all day, every day, you know, trying to make sure that you just mm -hmm. get stuff done and, right. and putting out fires and whatever, how do you actually take the time and how do you prioritize and then accomplish um, actually setting other people up for success. You know, it's about time management, number one, um, uh, because if you're not setting aside time, and I say it like this, good leaders use their free time to invest in people. Great leaders free up time to invest in people. And so when you think about, you know, your day and how you've, you've, you've categorized or, or, you know, calendared your day, are there specific blocks of time that you are going to spend just investing in people? And so if you think about, you know, for me, when I was in the military, particularly in leading large groups of people, I'm an early morning guy. So I'd be in early, early in the morning. I'd be getting all of my work done so that I could spend time during the day investing in the people around me. Now, that's me. That's the, the ability that I had. Not everybody can necessarily do that. But what is the priority? And then in addition to that, there's four things that I look at that all leaders, new leaders particularly struggle with. And they're simply this um, communication, motivation, delegation and culture. And so we're not, we can't tackle all four of those in the few minutes that we have, but for sure, the number one thing I think most leaders can do is, is to begin delegating things and finding people who can be responsible for things. Because here's what it is. If I can delegate something that takes me an hour every week to somebody who, who is an up and coming leader, somebody I can give them this opportunity to develop their skill and their strength, I've just now freed up an hour that I can invest in somebody else or invest in something else within the organization. So I think that's a key when it comes to, to kind of the first things I would coach every new leader to be able to do is, okay, what can you give up? What do you not have to legally sign, see, or do? If you don't legally have to do it, see it or sign it, give it to somebody else. Wow, that could be half my job. Okay, then you can spend half your job investing in people and doing and being available for them and giving them the resources and the time and the skills that they need to be the very best that they can be. By doing so, you're going to raise up people who will be able to, at some point, step into a leadership role and not have to step up. Yep, that is perfect. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, I know at the time, I'm going to have to let you go here in a few minutes. Um, as we start to wrap things up for today, um, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, um, any 
perhaps resources that you might have uh, to help people as they're trying to navigate this this new world of work, this this tight labor market, trying to mm -hmm. figure out how they can better um, set up their people for success. Uh, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah. So uh, one, you can reach me at my website, Leadership 10. So my company is called Leadership, the word leadership, T-E-N, spelled out T-E-N.org, leadership10.org, um, or mark at leadership10.org is my email, M-A-R-K at leadership10.org. and get a hold of me that way. I also have a book available you can find on Amazon. It's called Set Up, Timeless Leadership Skills for Your Success. Just type in the Amazon book, Set Up, the word Set Up, and then Mark Noon, and that book will pop up. It's available um, probably ships in a couple of days because there's, there's a few of them on hand is what they keep telling me. Um, it probably means there's thousands because who knows how many there really are, but uh, you know. Um, it, but those are some resources. We've got blogs on our website. We've got the availability. You want to have a call and talk about what uh, Leadership 10 or I can do in a, in a world of coaching or speaking. Certainly that opportunity is there. I've been in organizations from, like you said, six people in an organization or a, a speaking session to, to 15, 12, you know, 2000. Um, but whatever the opportunity is to develop leaders, that's what I'm all about. And anything I can do to help, I'd be happy to do it. That's what leadership is all about. Leadership is about developing your people. It's about developing future leaders. Yeah. Uh, and as, as I consider that, you know, perhaps the most important role that any uh, good leader can take on, let's make it a priority. Mm -hmm. Let's manage our time and delegate in such a way, as you mentioned, uh, so that we can make it a priority. So it's actually possible. <laughs> and then right. let's, let's just do it. Let's be consistent with it. It, it can't be an afterthought. It can't be something that you'll get to if you can get to it. It has to be something that you schedule, that you actually make as a, a specific part of your day, right. uh, get consistent. And as you do that, you'll develop those relationships of mutual accountability and trust with your people. They'll look to you as a resource. Uh, they, they'll look to you as, as one who has their back, who wants, who values them and wants them to be successful. And that will, like we've said, it will engender more trust, uh, uh, loyalty, commitment. People will just do better work. They'll they'll stick around longer. They'll they'll make better contributions. So let's let's if we haven't already, let's start today on developing the people around us. Thank you again for joining me. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Mark and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. That you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. 
Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.